Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Oh, yes, living the dream once again on a fabulous Saturday. Harbin and Plank with you here from the Fox Sports Radio studios. Look who's here. Chris Plank's on the other side. Mr. Plank, how are you today? Steve Hartman, I'm ready to roll. I am all sportsed up. We got trade deadlines. We got NBA moves. We got conference realignment. We got NFL camps. I'm reading camp practice recaps like they're Super Bowl recaps. So let's go. And David Gascoigne is even in the house. Yes. What a day, America. Yeah, Gascoigne is back. He is alive and well and doing great right now. By the way, uh, of course, Chris, we hear you a lot working with the stinking genius. Poor me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Arnie wow. Spanier. Arnie and I, I don't know if Arnie's ever talked about me to you uh but well he talks about everyone yeah but i i mean i go back 30 years ago with arnie really oh yes when he was thin and had hair that's what he always tells us there was never any hair there to speak of no there was no hair there to speak of let's let's (laughs) let's make that infinitely clear wait hold on let let me try to think of all the different things Mm -hmm. was it your fault then that uh he had to wash a bunch of cars or i don't know was it a movie no no okay okay. let me let me tell you how uh, arnie and i only say this because i love the man deeply and i really do um he came to la and decided to be anti-lakers at a time when they were rattling out three straight championships with Bold Shaq approach. and Kobe. 
Yeah, he was going the full anti-Lakers suck routine in a city where the Lakers rule. And uh, was it wasn't good for job security. Let's put it that way. You know? <laughs> well, you know, I there, there's a reason why he's not in L.A. again. Okay, I, he was he was pretty much run out of town after that. I completely and totally understand if the team yeah. sucks, right? right? And you want to go after him, sure. But Hartman, when they're rolling, that yeah. doesn't make any sense. It, it didn't make any sense. I, I even told him at the time. I mean, you're 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 literally this is job suicide right now. What you're doing, but uh, the thing about Arnie, his resilience is matched by none, and he is flourishing as always helped along by you Chris I am so excited to talk to you today because I'm always looking for a different perspective on things and I know like we say we got to talk about like the Russell Westbrook the new super team of the Lakers obviously we got a lot of NFL news like what's next for the Packers with Aaron Rodgers we got some Olympic stuff if anybody's caring or even watching the Olympics right now but I know you're with the Sooner Radio Network. I know that, look, I am a college, anyone that knows me, Chris, will tell you, Hartman is all about college football. I could sit there and talk about research projects I've done with the National Football Foundation, the College Football Hall of Fame. It would blow your mind if you're a college football fan. If, in other words, you would think I would be committed, okay? so And by the way, I know a lot about Sooner football over the years, all the way back to knowing the game-by-game stats of Clendon Thomas Ooh, back from the back. 1950s. So that's, that's old school. But anyway, I am so curious because I know that college football's regional, but it's going to be a much smaller college football world in the near future. And I've I've been predicting this for years, Chris, that you know we were going to see the formation of four super conferences. Now it looks like it may be like two super super conferences if the ACC and the SEC link up, and the Big Twelve, Big Ten, and the Pac twelve link up. But I got to ask you about what's what's been the reaction there. I mean, what's going on with the Sooners and their move with Texas to the SEC and the fact that somehow they got, what, $76 million each laying around to get out of their contract with the Big 12 to make the move to the SEC? What's the buzz been like? Uh, I don't know, uh, to be honest with you, where that $76 million is coming from, but apparently it's coming from somewhere, and that's the most shocking thing ever. Some like to say that it might be from the Longhorn Network contract. I'll be honest with you. And all you have to do is uh, is check our partner Doug Gottlieb's Twitter timeline. There's a lot of hurt feelers, to yeah. be honest with you. I mean, Oklahoma State, and I'm a big Big 12 guy. I've, I mean, I would fight with everyone to say they're going to be okay, they're going to be fine. But I think everyone kind of thought, you're going to be okay, you're going to be fine with Oklahoma and Texas leading the charge. Now they're not. And that really decreases the value, but then you also can't help but wonder – with the new leadership in the Pac-12, might it open up the eyes of, okay, let's become more expansive or or maybe it's less expansive. We'll talk about that later, but what's it been like? Excitement. Quiet because Oklahoma couldn't really say anything and, and this, this came out in a way that no one really wanted it or expected it to come out with Texas A&M being all butthurt about it and leaking the story. But eventually they came around and, and they got all their ducks in a row and the vote was 14-0 to zero, like we all knew it was going to be to extend the invitation to Oklahoma and Texas. And, and lo and behold, boom, you got yourselves – do, do we say the first super conference or have we always been a super conference with the SEC – and I guess my question, Steve, and you're a good guy to ask this, because we, we think the win's going to be before 2025, right? We, we all think the win is going to be there. We think the what next for the Big 12, those eight remaining teams, is very much going to be up in the air, right? We just, we don't know. Um, but I think we all are curious as to what's the end game then. What is the end game? How does this, 
what's the ultimate goal for the SEC? Are they done? Does the Big Ten see this and think, okay, we need to make moves? Does the ACC make moves? Does the Pac-12 make I mean, what is the end game in all of this? And I think that's what we're waiting for, and I don't know if we'll ever truly get there Well, Chris, to a the, true end game. Yeah, well, the, the end game is always the same thing. It's the almighty buck. I mean, the, the end game for all these universities, for these conferences, and, and people have to be reminded of this. You're like, well, where's the NCAA in all this? The NCAA has no jurisdiction over Division I football. Oh, they're trying to figure out what the hell they do. The yeah. NCAA is a governing body that doesn't govern. They've got well, nothing right now. That, and that is why we have a situation where there is no lord over Division I football. There has never been a national champion in terms of an NCAA champion in Division I football history. I know the Sooners claim national championships. USC, Alabama, all these schools are claiming all these national championships over the years but they are mythical. AP, UPI, coaches, uh, BCS, playoff, these are all fabricated national championships. And the problem is, even though the NCAA has no jurisdiction over Division I football, I think a lot of major college football fans would like to see a governing body to unify everything. That would avoid the mess we had last year. I remember, so I'm sitting here with my buddy Rich Ornberger, big Penn State guy, and when the Big Ten and the Pac-12 announced they were opting out, that's it, we're not going to have any football in 2020, he said the dominoes will all fall. I go, no, they won't. I guarantee you there's no way the SDC and the ACC are going to cancel their seasons. No chance, no how. And what happened? They proceeded as usual because their doctor said there's no harm here. We're okay. And what happened? Then all of a sudden you had the Big Ten, the Pac-12 scrambling to put together a half season to basically link up with everybody else. That would be avoidable if we had a governing body to oversee all of Division I football. I think we're going to get closer because let's let's call it for what it is. ESPN is basically controlling the SEC and the ACC. And I love how, you know, some of the people are saying that uh, the Big 12 is is taking shots at ESPN, saying that they're basically forcing the situation. ESPN has no comp. Of course they're forcing the situation. They got billions of dollars invested in the playoff, in the ACC, and the SEC. Meanwhile, you got the Big 10 and the Pac-12, and they seem to, I love this, they say, well, we have a lot in common academically. Really? Okay, I'll tell you what you have in common. It's like a common goal to make as much money on your end of the college football season as the SEC and the ACC. So where where the end game in all this, Chris, because you asked the question is, is that the end game is always going to be how can we maximize the money for these major universities? And oh, by the way, there's going to be casualties Big 12, obviously, is going to be a casualty, but I think a lot of other conferences are going to suddenly look at some of the schools that are involved, and ultimately, they're going to look at, let's say, Iowa State, right? What exactly are you bringing to the table? I mean, we're, we're sharing revenue with you, Cyclones. What exactly are you bringing? Are you bringing some football power? Are you bringing a basketball power? What worth do you actually have to us? And I, I say this all due respect to the Iowa State fans out there. But, I mean, that's – that's Watch what, out. Iowa Sam's no. giving you the eye right well, now, Well, I know. He's, he's giving me the eye right now. But he knows I've, – I've said this before. He knows what I'm talking about here. So they're going to start evaluating instead of picking and choosing. Like, okay, well, gee, Washington State, Cougars, do you really bring a whole Oregon State? I mean, we're trying to figure out how we can maximize the profits of those that are really getting eyeballs on them – 
and then ultimately decide whether or not you're worthy to be part of our party. Hello, Vanderbilt. Are you there? I mean, so this is, this is, I think, where we're going on the college football season because the one guarantee I have you, Chris, is no, there's no limit to greed. <laughs> there's a, people say, well, how much do you need? Once you've got that in you to make money, there is no limit to it. And once you have, I guess you could say entities is the best way to put it, that are going to be very lucrative financially, especially to a TV network, there'll be no end to what they're going to do. You know, I, I think you hit it on the head with the end game. The end game is to continue to make as much money as you possibly can and probably narrow this down to two power conferences. But now I wonder, because, you know, Rich Kleikoff said this the other day, the new commissioner of the Pac-12, whom I like a lot and I think is, is, seems to be a pretty sharp dude. He was great in his presentation. Now, I can't help but wonder if you look in the short term, because we felt like we were two seasons away from what? A 12-team playoff and mm-hmm. what that might look like. All of a sudden, yeah, people are like, whoa, 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 stop the clock, right? What are we doing right now as it pertains to an overall 12-team playoff? I mean, you've got 16 teams now in a league that had you know, five teams that finished in the top 10 last year of what the playoff rankings. So are we going to have to put a cap on it? Is there going to have to be something that we'll do to keep a, too many people from one conference making it? I just now the immediate end game is try to figure out, Steve, what's the goal for the 12-team playoff? And then in that, in that, you mentioned ESPN and we talk about the power of ESPN. You have guys that are smart like Klykoff that say, you know, why do we have to make this an individual deal for ESPN? Let's open this up for bidding. What if a Fox wants to spend some money? They've been incredibly quiet in this whole Big 12 thing. Maybe their idea is let's go bid for the playoffs. Maybe CBS says let's get back in the game. We lost the SEC. But, man, could you imagine if we could bid on a 12-team playoff and have – hold on, I'm not good at math, Rich. So 12, that means you'd have <laughs> six. So what, 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 if that would be an eight, nine, ten game package, whatever it would be, suddenly – I think you have very smart people that are stopping and saying, all right, we might not disagree with a 12-team playoff. We might disagree, though, with just making this an exclusive deal for ESPN. Let's open it up. Let's see if we need to cap the number of teams that are in. There are so many fascinating conversations beyond just what a conference is going to look like that have kind of birthed out of Oklahoma and Texas making this move to the SEC, not the least of which – involved the fact that the two guys that were integral in creating the 12-team playoff were, of course, the SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey, the Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby, and while they were working in secrecy, Sankey was able to work in secrecy to, uh, secrecy to snag his two main teams. So all kinds of fascinating branches that come off this move of just two teams. Absolutely, and because college football is always deemed one of those regional sports, right. believe me, this is going to have an effect across the country, what is happening right now with Oklahoma and Texas. All right, Chris, the way this show works, we're at rapid fire through two hours. That's I it. know, we got hustle so we got a hustle right now i want to get into the nfl right now and where what is next for the packers right now uh have they mended fences at all with aaron Rodgers? is he throwing gas on the flames to make it an almost impossible situation and something he said specifically about why he has value to bring players to green bay i got a big question about that we'll cover that coming up next Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. 
You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah I, yeah because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of that, like that, see that, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to point game. I remember you came out from crying tears, <laughs> crying. Tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Steve Arvin, Chris Plank here. On a Saturday, rapid fire, going through some of the major sports stories. A lot of things going on right now. We're still got to get to the Westbrook arrival in L.A., the Super Trio. Is that going to matter for the Lakers? Aftermath on the Major League Baseball trade deadline. Some winners and losers, potentially. I've never been – I don't know about you, Chris. I've always laughed when I see people, for instance, grade out the NFL draft the day of the draft. Oh, they were an A, they were a B. I I was in San Diego when they used the second overall pick on Ryan Leaf, and the Union Tribune, the main paper in San Diego, gave them an A-plus for their draft. Three years later, I said, you want to reevaluate that? So uh, it's it, I mean I, I these they're interesting trades or some you know big names going in other places but in, until we actually see the results there's no way you can hand a grade unless Chris when you were in school they gave you grades before the year began right. did they did they hand you grades out before no. you even took a test or none no. of that no I didn't I, I've think always so. tried to precursor any of those conversations with we know that we won't really get an answer to this for two to three weeks or two to three years. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> exactly. In fact, my, I had a broadcast partner of mine uh, and we started doing that. We started finally evaluating the NFL draft three years after each yeah. draft. All right, let's give out the grades. Here's how it all played out. Three years is enough. All right. So let's talk about the Packers situation. I want to play a sound by Chris. You probably heard this, but I want to play it as well. As you know, it was uh, a press conference for Aaron Rodgers upon his uh, arrival at training camp for the Packers. Basically, it was a very innocent question along the lines of, so 
What exactly happened here in the offseason? And he went on like a seven-minute tirade. Here's a little snippet of it. I think we can all understand, you know, Green Bay isn't, uh, you know, a huge vacation destination. People are coming here to play with me, uh, to play with our team, and, and knowing that they can win a championship here. And the fact that I haven't been used in those discussions was one I wanted to change moving forward. And I felt like based on my years, uh, the way I can still play, that that should be a natural part of the conversation. As that progressed from that point, nothing really changed on that front. Okay, so now when he says uh, they come here to play with me and they know they can win a championship, I'm looking at his championship resume, and it looks strangely to like Joe Flacco's and Nick Foles. Uh, in other words, he's been to one Super Bowl, he won the Super Bowl, and he was the MVP, which is the exact same Super Bowl resume that Joe Flacco and Nick Foles have. So the idea that, wow, you know, if I really want to win a championship, I want to hook up with a guy who hasn't won a championship in more than a decade. Where do I sign up? Somehow he's trying to equate like, I'm like, I'm Tom Brady. You're not Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. You're the furthest thing from Tom Brady. Tom Brady takes less money to ensure that his teams have more flexibility to bring extra talent in. He's a guy who has delivered multiple times on the big, biggest stage, unlike you. And the last time I checked, he talked about his team the last two years, and they got to the NFC Championship game and lost. I'm sorry, who was the starting quarterback in the Packers in those games? Oh, that's right. It was Aaron Rodgers, and he failed to deliver. I Look, I'm not arguing whether he is a Hall of Famer. I'm not arguing about anything in his resume. His resume is what it is, and he's coming off a big season. But this idea that, man, if I want to guarantee myself a, be, to be in a Super Bowl, I got to hook up with Aaron Rodgers, uh, the facts say otherwise because he hasn't been there in more than a decade. I, I, that's the way I feel about this whole Aaron Rodgers situation. I, I, I though, I don't disagree that people – I don't disagree with your sentiment. You're right. If you want to go play for a championship quarterback, just go try to sign with the Buccaneers. Right. But I don't disagree that people would want to go to Green Bay to play with him. You're definitely not going there for the beach-like setting or the weather. So I, I do actually agree with him a bit on that, Steve. And it's wild the consistency that you've had with Green Bay at the quarterback position since what was Favre's first year, like 96, 97. You've had two quarterbacks during that stretch. That's incredible. And both of them has ended badly because both of those quarterbacks seem to have wanted a little bit more control. I agree with you. You're not necessarily going there because you're going to win titles. But they are in championship games. They are consistently making the playoffs. And I do think you'll see more people that are going to Green Bay because of Aaron Rodgers than they would be because of a destination. Do you now, really think that the, he has that? I mean, the, I, the idea – Aaron Rodgers, to me, is one of those dynamos where I feel like he's an individual in a team sport. And, again, it's not to belittle his talent. His talent is what it is. But what I'm saying is is that, to me, it seems like he's more about Aaron Rodgers than he is about the Green Bay Packers. And, I, I, I mean, there, there's a certain level there that does not resonate with certain players. He, I don't, does he have a lot of friends? I mean, we know that Tom Brady can call certain guys and they're going to show up on that doorstep the next day. Sure. Does he have that? Or are they just, oh, man, I'm dreaming about the day. If I just had the chance to play with Aaron Rodgers, it would be the epitome of my I – mean, I, is that – maybe there is, but I haven't heard any of that. I will say I took a lot, and maybe this is me reading too much into a situation. When Aaron Rodgers was not saying anything and it was radio silence this summer and yeah. Schefter's report comes out on the night of the draft, uh, I noticed that there were no anonymous anonymous. Re Can I speak? There was no anonymous reports from 
Packer players or teammates that were saying good riddance. There wasn't any. So I read into that, and, and maybe it's just me, because when you have a situation like that and someone's out grinching and moaning about things, eventually it'll be like, oh, a team source says they don't even want them around. Take, take the Trevor Bauer saga. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, This past week, the L.A. Times, I know we're going back last Sunday, has the report that teammates don't even want him around. They don't even want him back. Whoa, that was pretty quick to get that level of hatred. I mean, with Aaron Rodgers, there were plenty of opportunities for even former players or anonymous sources to say something. And no one ever did. So, Steve, I might be reading a little bit too much into that. But I thought if there was ever a time when someone could tee off on Aaron Rodgers and you could understand maybe he's not the most liked person, maybe that was it. So. I might have the wrong read on this, but I do kind of think people want to play for him. I do kind of think he's the kind of guy that can bring talent to him. Do I think he needs to have a say in every single personnel issue? Hell no. His idea of getting better at receiver was bringing in Randall Cobb. I mean, right away that should have let you know that maybe he doesn't have the best view of things when it comes to the personnel needed to have success. Right, or the fact that he doesn't have this kind of clout with elite players around the league where – Hey, you want to hook up with me in Green Bay? Eh, I'll pass. Um, so, no, I just – I find this – I it, what really amazes me about the whole Aaron Rodgers situation with Jordan Love, and I understand the drafting of Jordan Love was a little different than when Aaron Rodgers sure. himself was drafted. You know, Rodgers fell down the board, and they were just like, how is this guy on the board? We got to take him, as opposed to the Jordan Love situation where they actually traded up to get him. Uh, but in both uh, situations, obviously, they didn't confer with Favre uh, when they drafted Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, I, I work with Brady Papinga, who was on those teams. There was no love loss, believe me, between Brent Favre <laughs> and Aaron Rodgers. And I don't know what the really the dynamic is with Rodgers and love. But the bottom line is, if anyone should understand the situation, it's sure. Aaron Rodgers because sure. he was part of that situation earlier with the old uh, Brett Favre situation. So we'll see how it plays out uh, this year. My guess, after back-to-back 13-3 and three seasons, I, I just my feeling, it's not going to be a great 2021 for Green Bay. I, I, you may be right, and obviously they've got a very good chance for things to go south with the way that everyone's kind of emotional right now. It, we'll learn what kind of locker room presence Aaron Rodgers is, but here Here's one thing that I've been trying to figure out. There is still a deal in 2022. Like in this, in this yep. whole thing that's gone, everyone's like, oh, it's last year, it's last year. Do you think there's any chance that Rodgers still ends up playing for the Packers in 2022? Absolutely. I do, too. Well, for, again, this whole offseason, when there were people sitting next to me here insisting that he had played his last game of green by I'm like, really? I mean, I'm going to believe – Aaron Rodgers, when he said, you know, he really got the competitive juices flowing as he was getting ready for potentially coming to training camp. I got to believe he wants to win. Did he really think that going to Denver or going to Vegas was going to give him a better opportunity to win the Super Bowl? Please. He knows I'm on a team that was 13-3 and each of the last two years, one game away from the Super Bowl. He's a smart guy. And so if, you know, at the end of next year, let's say they get back to the conference championship and let's say they lose it again. Does he really want to pick up and leave and start all over again when what would be year 18? He's not going to do that. He's going to play out the last two years of this contract. I'm with you on that, Chris. I think you're right. I think you're right. And then, you know, I I know we're up against it and we're sprinting today, but consider this. Where would, if you're going to go to Denver, what if Denver stinks and they have the opportunity to say draft Sam Howell or Spencer Rattler or the kid right. out of Liberty or whomever, 
are they going to go with that? Mm-hmm. Um, if it's the Colts and they're a little bit higher now with the Carson Wentz injury or even the Raiders, I mean, I just I think those options, while he's the MVP, they'll be out there. I just don't think they'll be as as many as is what we kind of expected for Aaron Rodgers. All right, Chris, on the other side, I want to get into this Westbrook situation, uh, whether or not he is the piece the Lakers need to win another championship. But first, let's find out what's trending right now. We welcome aboard. Welcome back, Mr. David Gascon. What's up, gentlemen? Good afternoon. <laughs> Have missed you, David. Hey, it's uh, It's been a hot minute. Yeah, well, that's good. Glad you're here. And, oh. uh Hanging out with Plank today. What do you think? I don't know. It was a little odd hearing a Raider fan trying to bash Aaron Rodgers, possibly going to the Denver Broncos. Like, they'd be bad with him on that roster. Well, do you think they're a Super Bowl team with Aaron Rodgers, the Broncos? I think they'd be an AFC championship contender for sure. Really? Are they better than the Chiefs? Uh, I said contender. I didn't say they were better. Holy smokes. I I know weed is legal, but don't smoke uh, before you go on the air, David. We have plenty of colleagues that do that. What the hell are you talking about? What do you mean? So, they have... Do you think they have better firepower on the outside than Green Bay does right now? Who, Denver? I, uh, yes. What, who? in Cortland Sutton who can't stay on the field and two tight ends? No. Okay. You got Devontae Adams. You Let's De- go. You have Devontae Adams who can't stay on the field all the time either. You have a 30-year-old in Randall Cobb. Who else do you got? Well, hold He's on a second here. Aaron Rodgers Now, he wanted. would be side-by-side with Melvin Gordon, right? Oh, he could be, yeah. <laughs> yeah that would be a bad <laughs> wow, combination. There's a yeah, last I checked, their defense wasn't too bad either, so <laughs> I, I think they'd be okay in that in that realm. But uh, Both teams have a good defense. Uh, he he would have a good shot at third in the AFC West. Listen, Plank, honest question. Question. Over under win total for the Raiders this year, four and a half? 17. You shut your mouth. Mm. <laughs> let me let me ask you this. Is Gascon uh, doing an update or talking so, ass so this So <laughs> if Aaron Rodgers went to the Broncos, that would make him the third best quarterback in the AFC West behind Mahomes and Herbert. Man. Behind Justin Herbert. Herbert's going to have a big Boy, year. Herbert is really getting the hype train big time. Yeah, he is. Don't you think, though, it's worthy? Well, it's in, Well, wait a second. He, he's he been playing in empty stadiums. That's true. Remember this. He hasn't yeah. really had a road game yet That's true. in the NFL. Let's see how he holds up. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, guys, in the NFL, a couple things. Uh, Justin Houston, uh, free agent linebackers now with the Baltimore Ravens. Giants signed Todd Davis. Colts signed Brent Hundley, former UCLA Bruins, Steve. Um, and TMZ reporting earlier today that the NFL Alumni Association paid $3.5 million by the CDC to promote COVID-19 vaccinations. Uh, meanwhile, in the NBA, Milwaukee Bucks forward Bobby Portis declining his player option. He'll become a free agent, testing that there. Uh, starting pitcher Tyler Glass now expected to have Tommy John's surgery. Could be done for the season and beyond all that. One game that's going on right now, George Springer with a solo shot in the bottom of the first inning north of the border. Toronto 1-0 over Kansas City in the top of the second inning. That's it for now. All right, we'll check in with you a little bit later on, Mr. Gascon. All right, so uh, Mr. Plank here, I'm talking about my son. My son is 23 years old now, but I'm going to take him back 15 years ago. So he was an 8-year-old. Now, I'm a UCLA grad. I'm a UCLA diehard. I obviously uh, was raised in the Los Angeles area. I've been bouncing back and forth between L.A. and San Diego ever since, which is complicated, believe me, in my career. It has been for many, many years. But 15 years ago, I am going to a UCLA basketball game, taking my two boys. My youngest son at the time was eight. Huge basketball fan. Still is now over-the-top NBA guy. 
So we went to this UCLA game, and afterwards, Ben Hallen, coach at the time, and this is in the midst of UCLA making three straight Final Fours, and uh, we're waiting for Coach Hallen to say hi and everything, and I looked at my 8-year-old, and I said, who's your favorite player? And he goes, I like number zero. I go, who the hell's number zero? Nice. And he, and he turns around, he goes, that guy. I go, Westbrook? He doesn't even play. What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, they got Darren Collison. They have Aaron Flalo. They got Luke Mbaramute. I got, I go, he's not, I go, Garrett. I, I, his name is Garrett. I said, Garrett, the kid, guy's not going to play, okay? He has no shot. You know, he's a nice athlete and everything else. But he really can't shoot the basketball, so I wouldn't hang on to number zero. Well, you were so right obviously he was right and I wasn't right because <laughs> here we are all these years later and I really think about when I when I talked when people were talking about Westbrook becoming a Laker I'm like how is that going to work I mean you have a ball dominant player in Russell Westbrook with another ball dominant player in LeBron James you have a team with no shooters at that point because they're all gone I mean they only have four guys under contract right now so they got to fill out the rest of this roster but I, I, I'm going to hesitate because I, I am a Westbrook fan. I'm a big LeBron fan. I'm an AD fan. I, I want to see how this works. I'm curious. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, how is this? You've got to be able to have guys knock down three-point shots in this day and age in the NBA. And as their roster stands right now, they don't have any of those. Uh, certainly on a consistent basis. And people said, why didn't you just re-sign Schroeder and bring in a Buddy Heald? Wouldn't that have made a lot more sense for the Lakers than bringing in a ball hog, as some people like to term him, Russell Westbrook, who, by the way, is one of the all-time greats and is going to be in the Hall of Fame. But I, I just don't see this working very well, although I'm rooting for it to work. What do you think, Chris? I wanted him to get Buddy Heald. Yeah. And that's not just an Oklahoma thing, but I wanted them to get Buddy Heald. I thought with what they were needing, I thought that was a good fit. I wasn't against, and I'm still not against DeMar DeRozan, though obviously it takes a lot of work to do to get him in under, uh, get him in underneath the salary cap. Um, here's why I, I'm, I'm two-sided on this, which you're not supposed to be in sports talk radio, right? You're not supposed to see both sides of it. You've got to be hell-bent in one direction and anti <laughs> the other. And I don't know if I've ever seen a move that's been more polarizing amongst a fan base in NBA Twitter than this because one side – and this is kind of my side. You need the aggressiveness. You need that. You need that energy. The other side is like he can't shoot. <laughs> he can't shoot the basketball. And the Lakers need shooters. Here's why I like it, though. Here's why I've fallen on the side, kind of anti, not anti Steve Hartman, but just on the different perspective of yeah. it. And watching a lot of Laker games, I felt like not only when LeBron went to the bench, but in general this year, they didn't have a killer instinct. And I like Dennis Schroeder a lot. But there's, there's something wasn't there. There was a disconnect. I don't know if it was the locker room schism that some talked about if they didn't like him, whatever it was. And, you know, Schroeder will now be going on his fourth team in like six, seven years. So he's going to be bouncing around just as much as Russ has bounced around. But I liked him. I saw him in Oklahoma City. I watched him whenever he was in Atlanta before. I liked the fit. It just never materialized for some reason. And I don't think they were going to pay the kind of money he wanted to keep him around. So I'd let that, I'd let that ship sail. I couldn't fathom Russ even being an option in, in L.A. Well, I mean, what, what could they give up to go get him? But apparently Washington was cool with a few scraps. So I like the energy. You've got a dude that is, you know, relentless in his passion. He's an L.A. guy. He's back home. I know that doesn't mean anything. But I'll tell you what, this is, 
this is absolutely, to me, a move that the Lakers needed just to get a little bit of an edge. Because I felt like, Steve, they lost a lot of their edge last year. Russ gives it to him. Now go find me a shooter. Give me a guy that can shoot and knock down, knock down jump shots because you've got someone who's going to bring you offense when LeBron is on the bench, which is something they desperately lacked. Here's, to me, this past season – from a Lakers perspective, is impossible to evaluate. Sure, they're and, so And the unhealthy. biggest, the thing about it was Anthony Davis, who in seven seasons with the Pelicans had only gone to the playoffs a couple of times and never got past the second round. Suddenly, he's in a season where the Lakers win the championship, so he goes the distance, and a month and a half later, they're back at it. He was never healthy. He was never close to 100% even from the very start of the season. And then when they finally get to the playoffs, and I was one of those believers that, all right, the Lakers can still flip a switch and they're ready to go. They lose that first game to Phoenix. They dominate the next two. 80 puts up 30-plus points. I said, fine, they're okay. I remember I mean, we were talking Vegas odds after that. The, sure. the, the, they were runaway favorites. The Lakers are runaway favorites to win the West. And then 80 goes down, and that's <laughs> the end of it. And – when you see Phoenix get all the way to the NBA Finals, you're like, you Lakers dominated them. Yep. Had, he had a healthy Anthony Davis. So the idea that this Laker team needed a complete overhaul, which I knew they were going to have, I, I, you know, Kuzma, bye-bye, KCP, enough of that. I get all that. But it's hard to evaluate where this team is. It's also hard to imagine how it is possible that Russell Westbrook, when he had his first triple-double season, was voted the league's MVP this last season in which he averaged a triple-double for an entire season for the fourth time, he didn't even make third-team All-NBA. <laughs> yeah. how, is that, how, is a, how does a player, on a new team, by the way, how does a player average a triple-double for an entire season and not even make third team all NBA. So I do think there's a certain level of disrespect right now that people are suddenly not appreciating the very unique talents of Russell Westbrook. And I would love to see how this all works. Like I said, I'm fascinated by this. I cannot wait to see how a Westbrook and a LeBron and an AD operate together, regardless of what pieces they have around them. Yeah, and, and I'll add one more thing to it. I just think – you're talking about that lack of respect and not being on an all-NBA team or however you want to view it. That's Russell Westbrook in a nutshell. You know, that's been his whole career. Mm -hmm. Even with the triple doubles, I mean, listen, I, I listen enough to the fifth hour with Ben Maller and David Gascon. They sit there and they'll talk about how teammates are tipping rebounds to him, and that's how he gets a triple-double, right? So he's always been questioned throughout his career. Now he's got an opportunity kind of similar to what he had with KD and Harden for a while, obviously – uh, AD and LeBron a little bit older. He's got a good crew around him. Let's see what he does. I'm I'm infatuated with this fit to see how it fits, and it's going to be so polarized. All right, on the other side, I want to get to a little bit to Team USA right now. The Olympics and the NBA, is it a marriage that needs to end? I mean, is it really a, a serious situation where we have to find a way to win Olympic gold? They're heading into the medal rounds shortly, but what impact, if at any at all, does the NBA actually have on these Olympic games? I want to get to that coming up next. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. 
New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Fox Sports Saturday, Steve Hartman, Chris Plank with you. So have you included the Olympics, Chris? I mean, like you're not missing a single second of a single uh, sport? Or... I am a horrible American. In fact, our man Arnie Spanier has questioned mm. my Americanism, if that's even a word. Really? Arnie's because, doing that? Why is he doing that? Because I don't care that the U.S. team lost a game in basketball. Mm. So I, mm. apparently there's something wrong with me. Now, I was, I was kind well, of in well, baseball. Well, well. Can I, can oh, I back ahead. up for a second here? Sure. So there's a question of whether you cared or not, were you actually maybe rooting against the United States team? I mean, in other words, the underdog beating the U.S. in a an Olympics. I mean, it, it, it is, see, there's a difference there. Like you said, well, I really don't care one way or the other. They do well. Or are you actually sort of like huh. rooting for the underdog against Team USA? No, I still want, I still want Team – here's here's what it is. Mm-hmm. I still want Team USA to win, right? I'm all I'm, – I'm team, team USA all the way. But I'm not going to suddenly say something is horrifically wrong because they lost a game 
to France or because they lost to Nigeria, though that looks pretty bad in an exhibition. Right. Still, I'm, I'm not just freaking out about it. I still think they're going to win the gold medal. And I think it's going to be good games, too. But, yeah, I, to answer your question, I have not been into these Olympics like I'd hoped I would. I don't know if it's the, the tape delay thing. I don't know if it's because suddenly it became about Simone Biles and mental toughness and everyone's so mentally tough. I don't know what it was, but – and maybe it's no crowds, whatever it is, Steve. Unfortunately, I'm on team couldn't care less right now. You know, Chris, I, you mentioned Simone Biles. Can we can we clear the air on this whole Biles thing? You know, you have one side calling her quitter, right? You know, well, can you imagine if Tom Brady walked away at halftime because he's not playing well and quitting on his team? So you have that side. Then the other side is like, man, you know, she's standing up for mental health. That it's not, it's neither one of those. Why are you not listening? Listen to what she's telling you. This is not about her mental health. What she's suffering right now is basically the gymnastics form of the yips. Yep. She's having what they call twisties. And she cited the fact if you would just listen to what she's saying, you would have an explanation for this entire situation. I so think, basically, what yeah. she said is, is that she's been thrown off, first of all, by the empty arenas. So maybe you get a little bit too much in your head, just like someone that gets the yips on the golf course. Suddenly you get a little too much in your head. So suddenly she's losing the ability to coordinate herself when she's in midair. The difference is with the yips, wow, that's embarrassing. If you have suddenly in midair the twisties, you can land on your neck. You could break your neck. There are physical problems that could come of this. So this is not about mental health. She's been saying this. What is mental health? I've got a case of the twisties right now. I'm a little disoriented on my jumps, nor is this about quitting. It's just the fact that she right now has, as I say, the gymnastics equivalent of the yips and she can't complete any of her jumps. Now we'll still find out she has a couple more events that she could compete in, but if she withdraws, this is a, the people are so far off, but this is the polarization of our entire country, Chris. And again, I don't want to get into politics or anything else, but this it's like, oh, yeah, she's a quitter, or right. this is about mental health. It's about neither one of those things. It's about her inability right now to coordinate her mind and body when she's doing these miraculous twists in the air. That's all this has been. I think part of it, too, Steve is that when you tell someone that it's called the twisties, yeah. it just sounds funny. And it they does. don't realize the reality of the severity. And everyone's got to be an expert on every single sport, even though they've probably never played it or been around it, so they don't understand the dangers of it. But, I mean, this is not fun sports radio because I'm sitting here saying, Steve, you're 100% right. <laughs> well, it's been the dumbest week ever in this, as far as fights like that are concerned. Ridiculous arguments on both sides. I'm like, what are you talking about? Listen to what she said when people are saying, boy, you're really doing a great job standing up for mental health. She goes, well, it's not mental health in that respect. I got this problem right now where I'm in midair and I'm having a hard time. It's not about mental health. It's not about <laughs> quitting. It's the fact that she's got the yips. Uh, you're, hey, you're preaching to the choir. You're absolutely <laughs> preaching to the choir right now. I couldn't agree more. I hope we see her perform again. Maybe she'll get over. Maybe she won't. We know golfers like they can't get yeah. over the yips. Maybe she she does that take away from her status leading up to these games of the greatest of all time? No. Nope. But sometimes we've seen golfers lose it. Absolutely. And as a gymnast, maybe she can't overcome this. I thought she brought up a great point, though, and this is when we talked about the effects of these empty arenas, empty stadiums. Could they have an adverse effect on certain athletes? I think in her case, again, just taking her own words, 
she gets a little bit too much in her head. She said there was like this five-hour delay, and suddenly you start thinking about things, and you don't have the crowd to sort of get your mind off of things because they're yelling and screaming. And and she just said, yeah, I got a little bit inside my head there, and suddenly I lost my equilibrium. And unfortunately, in a her sport, that could be serious if she completely loses it. So. And I also think you don't have anyone that takes the time to truly dig. Right, you don't. No. You, you don't really have the time to to truly dig. They're not even watching this stuff. No, it's That's ready the whole shooting. point. Yeah, absolutely. They're just shooting 100%. from the hip. They got their own agenda out there. All right, I'm so excited to have Chris Plank here today. That hour I, flew by. I, well, I it's in the second hour is going to yeah. be even quicker here. All right, so we still got a lot of things to go to. I want to get back to the National Football League, Chris, because here we are. Training camps are open right now, but the whole landscape of the NFL has changed dramatically. And it gets back to, I hate to say, a very polarizing situation with vaccinations, not vaccinated, peer pressure, and the overall power of the shield right now. The NFL is the king of the mountain. We understand that. But there are certain things happening right now that could perhaps jeopardize that position. We'll get into all of that. Talking NFL coming up next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? You think yeah. I need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. 
Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Rolling along on this Saturday, Hartman and Plank with you from the Fox Sports Radio studios. And yes, if you are one of those many, many people out there listening that could care less about Olympics or NBA or Major League Baseball, college football, it's all about the NFL. You're getting ready for your fantasy football leagues. You're getting uh, money down on your future bets right now. Uh, The NFL has a new collective bargaining agreement in place. They got record TV contracts. All is well around the National Football League. But we have this one little slight glitch going on right now, Chris, and that is the vaccination versus non-vaccination. Story today, Washington football team coach Ron Rivera issued a warning to his team. They now have six players on the reserve COVID-19 list, and they have the second lowest percentage of players that have been vaccinated of any team in the National Football League. But the good news for the NFL is overall player participation is almost 90%. 22 clubs are above 90%. Nine are above 95%. But the Washington football team is still languishing right now at around the 70% mark. So I want to get your thoughts here, Chris. I mean, because this is this is going to be clear. And by the way, there was no hiding it because as soon as they showed up at training camps, I mean, they had a clear division. Okay, you're over here. You're in the non-vaccinated group, right. and here are the vaccinated players, and you're not allowed to mix up. And I mean, there's mask wearing that is required for those that are not vaccinated. The NFL pretty much made it clear from day one: we are going to make your life miserable. If you do not get vaccinated, forcing you to get vaccinated. And this is even a bigger story around the country. But I just want to focus on this impact in the NFL. Where do you stand on this, Chris? I mean, do you feel like the NFL is overstepping its bounds in forcing everybody to get vaccinated? Because, I mean, they've talked about forfeiture of games, that uh, if you have to forfeit a game, not only is the team that was infected uh, going to have to forfeit paychecks, but so would the opposition. I mean, they're, I mean, they're just they just keep creating situations and scenarios where if you're not vaccinated, you are going to pay a price. Have they overstepped their authority? Yes, they have. But again, I'm not anti-vax. I think that I, I got vaccinated as soon as it became available. As why, did I. Why? Be- because I want to do my job, right. and I read up. And I, I heard Dabo Sweeney make a really good comment. I know, right? Dabo Sweeney made a really good comment wow. at ACC Media Days, and he was asked about it. Now, keep in mind, this is the same Dabo Sweeney that whenever COVID first started, took his his family on a vacation to Florida and had said a lot of things that if he wasn't winning championships, he probably would have been in a little bit more trouble for about the disease. But he said, listen, I talked to all of my doctors. I talked to my doctor that – does heart surgery, that's my cardiologist. I talked to everyone, and every single one of those doctors said, it's fine, you need to do this, and I did. So, you know, that really resonated with me because I got the same reaction. The people that are usually freaking out about it are those that find maybe one podiatrist somewhere in, I live in Goldsby, Oklahoma, so I'll say, in Goldsby, Oklahoma, that tells them, you can't do that, watch out. Now, I get it. Athletes know their body better than any doctor, trainer, or anyone can know. And I understand that maybe they would be against putting something like this in their body. But I feel, and again, 
this is that whole, well, if everyone jumped off the bridge, would you jump off the bridge? No, but this isn't that type of situation. I mean, when you look around the league and you see some of the people and you look around sports and you see some of the people that have been vaccinated, I'm just like, okay, that, that, that's, there's another sales point. There's another piece that would lead me to, me to believe that I'm not getting a microchip or my DNA isn't being altered or I'm not going to suddenly change. There's always going to be risks with everything. There's risks, risks when you get in your car. People get mad about being told to wear seatbelts. Okay, fine, you're going to get ticketed. I, I just, I, I, sure, are they overstepping their bounds? You bet. But I have yet to find a truly good argument that is based in anything other than wild opinions and conspiracy theories about why you shouldn't feel comfortable getting vaccinated. Well, so, one of the guys on the Washington football team is Brandon Scherf. Oh, uh, my, his take today. Uh, so here's what he said. Now, understand this. Uh, actually, yesterday, Scherf was wearing a mask, standing 12 feet away from the media, and he spoke about the vaccine. He goes, it's a personal decision for me. It's a personal decision for everybody. Nobody's made a deal of it. You know, we're all here to play football, and that's what we're doing. They haven't made a deal of it. You're standing 12 <laughs> feet away from the media, and you're wearing a mask. What are you talking about? They're not right. making a big deal. I'll tell you who is making a big deal about it is your coach. Your coach is making a big deal of this. If we have to alter our preparation for the season – in any means that puts us at a disadvantage to another team, yeah, yeah, it may be a personal decision, but you're not in an individual sport. No. You're in a team sport. So your personal decision is having a major effect on your team. So, I, I again, when I hear Brandon Scherf talk like that, well, it's a personal decision. No one's making a big deal out of it. All right, let's hear a little from Ron Rivera right now, the coach of the Washington football team, about his growing frustration. I, I am. I'm truly frustrated. I, I, I'm, I'm beyond frustrated. You know, and part of it is and the reason I walked in with the mask on is, you know, I'm immune deficient. Okay, so with this new variant, who knows? So when I'm in a group and, and, and the group's not vaccinated or there's a mixture, I put the mask on. And I do that you know, for health reasons, because nobody really knows. And so I'm, you know, I, I, I have to do that. And I just wish and I hope that our guys can understand that. By the way, getting back to Scherf, uh, am I right, Iowa Sam, isn't he an Iowa guy? Yes, he is. Really? Oh, How man. do you feel about him saying uh, this is a personal decision, even though he plays in a team sport? It sounds a little oblivious. It oblivious? Does. Yeah. Yeah. Just to what's going Selfish? on. Selfish? Or what? Do you, how would you term it? I I just say it. Well, you said it's a personal decision. I'm not, you know, come I'm on. trying to stay. I'm trying to stay diplomatic here. I mean, don't don't be diplomatic. There's nothing diplomatic about this show. Either you're making a decision that you only worried about yourself, or you're worried about your team. He's, it sounds he's has a very casual tone to that casual to that, uh, tone, sound bite really? there. Okay, well, obviously his coach isn't happy. Does that matter? It, it should matter. If your coach is unhappy, <laughs> then you should catch the drift. I again. So this, I you knew this was going to come up, Chris. I mean, at some point there were going to be holdouts and certain players that just absolutely insist I'm not going to get vaccinated. But the NFL saying, "Fine, you don't have to get vaccinated, but we're going to make your life miserable." And I put it, tell you one thing: if you're that number. 48, 49, 50, 51 on the roster, you better get vaccinated or I promise you, you're going to have to find another line of work. They will it, cut you in a heartbeat. Think about it. You're battling with a guy for a position and you're a razor thin margin yeah. between who's going to make it and who isn't. And you've made a decision to not be vaccinated. Mm. You're probably going to lose that battle. And again, I, I'm not here because there is one thing <laughs> I, I saw this on Twitter. You know, how do you know if someone does CrossFit 
well, just wait, they're going to tell you. How, <laughs> yeah. how do you know if someone's vaccinated? Well, just wait, they'll tell you. Right. I'm not really big into the whole shaming world. How dare you? We don't know. Maybe they have blood clot issues and this scares them. And I understand that. Maybe, you know, I've had, I've had people, friends of mine, who's when their kids get a certain, um, oh gosh, not, not vaccine, but uh, when they'll get their shots, they might have an adverse reaction. Maybe it scares them. I completely understand. Do your own research, do your own timeline. But then in that same vein, you can't be mad when everyone's moving on because this is the way society has to go. I'm not going to question you. You do what you want. Is it selfish? Probably. But in that same vein, you have team doctors, team doctors. You have professional doctors. You have everyone that's involved that is telling you, hey, you're okay. You might get a little sick on the first or the second shot just because of your reaction to it. But I just – I'm – I'm surprised, but not surprised. Is that a fair way to put it? Right. I'm surprised that it's been this much backlash, but I'm also not surprised because we give that microphone to the people that seem to outrage us a little bit more. So, you know, it's funny. I, I couldn't even tell you Cole Beasley's stance on anything. I, I, and I don't care. I could tell you that he's a slot receiver for the Bills and that he's had a couple of good seasons and he came for the Cowboys. But damn, I've heard a lot of Cole's Beasley. Uh, Cole, <laughs> Cole Beasley. Why? Because he's an anti-vaxxer. Because he's a guy that doesn't want this vaccine. Couldn't care less about him. But they keep putting him up. I think I think his view is somewhat in the minority, and your numbers would represent that. But you have a group of players in certain teams that are putting their squad and themselves in a position to where, and Steve, you know this better than anyone, it could end up costing them games. And that's the last thing you want, games and game checks to be lost. I got news for you. Every player in the National Football League is in the minority. All of them, because the shield wields the power. If you don't like it, bye-bye. We're okay. Ten-year collective bargaining agreement in place. A 100% increase in revenue from the television contracts. I don't care if you're Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. I don't care who you are. Here are the rules. And they. And by the way, that's how the NFL navigated a season last year in 2020 at the height of the pandemic without canceling a single game. They didn't bend on the rules. Hello, Denver. You're going to have to throw your uh, practice squad wide receiver in as your starting quarterback because all your quarterbacks are out for this week. They will not break at all. They are going to drop the hammer on these guys. And if you complain or you talk about your personal rights and everything like that, take them elsewhere. Because if you want to play in the NFL, you will play by their rules. And there's no wiggle room, none at all. So the power, there is zero power of the players, where's, none. Where, where's the money for the NFL? The money is in the games being played, right? Mm-hmm. And what's the biggest potential impact on the games being played? Yeah. Not having your star players available. By God, they're going to do whatever it takes to make sure that everyone is ready to go on game day. And in that, they can't force you to get vaccinated, but oh my gosh, Hartman, you hit it on the head. They're going to make your life living hell if you're not. And I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, and I say this with peace and love. They're doing the same thing in college, right? You're seeing it across colleges. You know, they're not going to cancel. They're not going to cancel games or postpone games. They're going to cause you to forfeit if your numbers aren't where you are. And it's just, it's the reality of the life we're living right now. It, it, it's a personal choice. True. It's your decision. That's fine. But it's going to have impacts. It could cost your team and your university wins and money. By the way, that's the way it is for most of us. Most of us work for somebody, and if they have rules and you choose not to obey the rules, you're going to have to find a new place to work. 
That's just the way it is. True. So it's no different there than it is for the overwhelming majority of people that have an employer. You follow their rules. All right, on the other side, speaking of rules, the NCAA wants to have uh, maybe his new set of rules for everything, Chris. I love to get into the college football <laughs> and everything else with you right now. So the NCAA is sort of reevaluating their power over their sports. Meanwhile, are we really going to get a 12-team playoff in college football? And what are the ramifications of that? We'll discuss coming up next. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel... It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what yeah. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Steve Harbin and Chris Plank here on Fox Sports Radio, Fox Sports Saturday. Chris, I got to come clean with you. I've Go ahead. I've been around a long time, okay? So, um... And I have been, uh, I have actually stepped foot in 44 out of 50 states, 44 out of 50. The only states I've never been in are Montana, North Dakota, Vermont, Maine, Arkansas, and Oklahoma. I've been to Oklahoma. How is it possible that I've never been to Oklahoma? It's just mind-boggling to me how I've never stepped foot in Oklahoma. What have I been missing? What have I been missing? 
Well, it's hot. Um, <laughs> well, it's hot here in Southern California, it's, too. It's hot. I was just talking with Iowa Sam during the break. Mm-hmm. The uh, the current temperature here yeah. on the Plains, mm. uh, 96 degrees, mm. feeling like 101. Mm. Let's go run a marathon. Yeah. But let's see. You're, you're missing some good football, mm. um, some, some fun NBA well, basketball. You know what now? I saw last night? I went to see the movie Stillwater. Matt Damon. So the new Matt Damon movie, and some Matt of it is Damon. there in Oklahoma, and they talk about Oklahoma State and their affiliation with the Cowboys there at Oklahoma State. Quite a few Oklahoma references. Uh, my review on the movie is this. Uh, Damon is outstanding. There's some great acting in this movie. Problem is it's too long and did not like the ending. All right? Outside of that, it was a good movie. There were a lot of positives in this movie. I will say that. Matt Damon was outstanding in the movie, but still, still water gave Oklahoma a little bit of a spotlight. Uh, question, this, yeah, question. Um, what is now? I'm. This might be my yeah. naivete, but mm-hmm. what is even the point? Isn't he trying to find his daughter? And is he from Stillwater? Or all right, how well, does that even play? Uh, without out? giving away the movie, basically the story is this: is that he's from Oklahoma, and his daughter actually was at a student at Oklahoma State. And then she decided to go and take her studies to France. And then there was an incident that she was involved in uh, Uh, where she ended up incarcerated. All this was out in the movie, in the preview. And then he's trying to get her out. So that's basically the movie. That's how you go from Oklahoma to Marseille. Okay. Okay. I mean, there's not a lot of connection between Oklahoma and Marseille, but they sort of bring it together. I think he does a great job. I mean, being an Oklahoma guy, I would imagine you'll be – critical on whether he really epitomizes what Oklahoma is about. But from from my perspective, I think he did a pretty good job. I mean, it's really not hard. I mean, come <laughs> I on. <laughs> it's just go out there, say hi to everyone, be nice, maybe put a dip in your mouth, wear a ball cap or a cowboy hat. He's, got, good to go. he's got a ball cap. There you go. Uh, yeah, he's got a ball cap through most of this uh, out there. All right, college football, a passion of mine, passion of yours. So let's talk a little bit about this uh, 12 12- team playoff and i just love the fact that now that there's been this you know defection of texas and oklahoma out of the big 12 into the sec considering the big 12 commissioner has been part of this committee so to speak to try to figure out how to put together a 12 school playoff in the division level some people i I love stanky the sec "Ah, it doesn't affect it at all really so it doesn't affect that um but just the logistics of 12 teams. Think about this for a second. Why are we even talking 12 teams? Remember when they originally had the expansion to a four-school playoff? That was ironclad for, what, 12 years? Right. We're, we're supposed to be like five years away before we can even begin the discussion. The reason we're discussing it right now is all the revenue they lost a year ago and they need to make up for it. All right, so let's 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 talk about this angle on an expansion. Because I'm, I'm like most football fans. The more football, the better. I'll take as much as I can get. But here's a potential problem. So let's say, again, you have 12 schools in a playoff. So how does that work? Well, the top four seeds obviously get a bye, and then the other eight schools play off to create four more spots, and then you move on from there. So let's say you are Georgia, and you lost the SEC championship game, but you're in as an at-large, and you're the five seed. Well, if you end up getting all the way to the championship game, that's four extra games. Not two, four extra games. And let's say you have a quarterback that's primed for the NFL draft, and he decides as the playoffs begin looking at a potential four more games after he's already played 13 games, 
12 plus the SEC championship game. He's like, you know what? I wish you guys the best. I'm out. I'm out. I ain't, I'm not going to add four more games on to me as I get ready for the NFL draft. But we, I wish you guys all the best of luck. You know that's going to happen, Chris. I mean, when you have an expanded playoffs and you've got all these guys that have been backing out of bowl games and everything else, now we haven't had an instance with a uh, four-school playoff, couple playoff games. You've had a little noise, but pretty much all the players say, all right, well, we're going for a championship. I'm going to – you add a couple more potential games, I am telling you, Chris, you will see quarterbacks dropping out of that tournament. It would be a catastrophe. Well, the only reason I might bite back is because with NIL, you're going to have some sponsor responsibilities. True. And mm. and also, not, not only in that, you're not going to be as valuable. Well, sure, you're going to be preparing for your NFL career. So you're going to end up making money. And not everyone is getting rich off NIL. I see everyone's like, gosh, look, Bryce Young makes making $600,000. How much? Can, no, no, no. Quarterbacks are going to make the most money and those with the most social media following. For the most part, what a lot of players are getting beyond the quarterbacks and the big name are some free gear and a little Twitter love. That's the reality of right. it. So, so with all that in mind, and I'm not trying to S all over this by any stretch of the imagination, but the reality is – it's not a, a, a just a wave of cash for everyone out there. With that in mind, that's my hope that you wouldn't have people dropping out. And, and these aren't meaningless. They're tournament games. You're playing for a championship. This isn't a bowl game where you get to go and shop at Belk or you get your free gas card or whatever. That, that's my hope. I could be wrong. I could be way off because Lord knows that Florida team that I saw play in the Cotton Bowl was a shell of itself yep. personnel-wise. We don't want that if we're getting to a 12-team playoff, right? You don't want Florida made the playoff. Oh, great. Kyle Pitts isn't going to play because he's preparing for the draft. And I think that's the great fear for everyone, right? Oh, and there's no question about that. And I think you bring up a really good point about name, image, and likeness. And and by the way, did you hear what Ryan Day said, the coach of Ohio State, about no. this whole dynamic? When you know, first of all, you had Nick Saban come out and talk about Bryce Young, this SoCal kid that they stole from USC. Remember, he was committed to USC and opted out to go to Alabama. And the reason he brought up the fact that this quarterback, who he hasn't even named as a starter yet, is going to make a million dollars, is that he just wanted to make clear to you, because you know what's going to happen here. This is now the new recruiting battle. Well, how much can you offer my son? What kind of sponsors can you line up? His point is, you can play in Tuscaloosa and still bake bunny, because it's not about where we are. It's about the brand name. It's Alabama. And that's that's why the big sponsors are going to come our way as opposed to the L.A. teams like UCLA or USC. And that's that's why he made that point. But Ryan Day, I thought, brought up a good thing. He said, you know what? This should be sort of a two-tier situation because when your quarterback is making a million dollars and your offensive line is getting a free pizza down the road, <laughs> that, that idea there, that, that inequity can cause a lot of problems. So what he's hoping is almost a two-tier sponsorship we got sponsors investing in teams as a whole. Right. And then at the same time, if the quarterback wants to make more money on top of that, he obviously would be free to do that. I think that's a wise idea because there's a big difference between dropping a million bucks in your quarterback's hands and, uh, you know, some extra cheese on the pizza for your <laughs> offensive line. I was. It was interesting. I was talking to Jacob Hester, who played with the Chargers and the Broncos during his well, career. Yes. Yeah, LSU fullback. We were doing a show together the other day. Yeah, and it was interesting because 
that's been my big concern is, okay, and I'll just use Oklahoma as an example because that's who I cover. Spencer Rattler's making a lot of money in endorsements. He's, he's up in Chicago signing autographs. He's, he's already got five or six deals inked. He's doing well. My worry had always been it's going to create a schism in the locker room that these guys will get mad that it's their free pizza or it's their T-shirt. Meanwhile, you got two or three guys making a lot of money. But, Steve, you've been in these instances, and I bring up Jacob because he said there is nothing – that is more of a cultural and understanding melting pot than a locker room. Yeah. And so if you think they're going to get mad over the amount of money that a dude next to them makes, he disagreed vehemently because everyone gets it. They have a common goal to have fun, to enjoy their time, and to eventually make money, maybe make some now, and win championships. So I don't know. Am I off base? Is, is Ryan Day right? I mean, do you worry about the situation becoming almost standoffish if you have one portion of your team that's making a hell of a lot more money than the other portion is Ryan Day right in that it has to be more equal where it's a team thing instead of just an individual. Well, Rich Hornberger, who uh, has partnered with me for many years and a former offensive lineman at Penn State and on to the NFL, he I said, he goes, I, I have an understanding as an offensive lineman that I'm not going to be the quarterback, right? right? And I said, okay, well, on the professional level, but you're still getting paid. I mean, when you have this at the college level, and remember, get back to the mentality of being an 18, 19, 20-year-old, okay? It's a right. different mentality than when you're even 25, 26, 27. So the have and have-nots, because when you're still searching for that extra meal that you might make and your quarterback is sitting there in the hot tub with a hundred, you know, 15 honeys just uh, throwing dollars up in the air like he's got no tomorrow, yeah, that might uh, not sit well with some of his teammates, and I think Ryan Day understands that. That's why he's saying, "Yeah, you know, let's, you know, let's make sure that we take care of everybody. Okay, let's make sure everyone gets something before one guy gets a lot. Because if you know, everyone's getting yeah. something, then you know you're you're less apt to be jealous of that quarterback raking in the big money. And you're not having to uh, go in depth in those conversations with someone who's not getting as much as they thought." And then you worry about where their focus is. Is their focus more on, dang, I got to close this deal with, I don't know, I'm looking at laundry, laundry detergent right now, tied, as opposed to be able to take care of my responsibility and covering the A or B gap on a blitz. So I, I just think there's a lot of different layers to that, which is why what Ryan Day's bringing up is, is a really interesting point. All right, on the other side, I want to get to, we haven't much uh, even mentioned, the Major League Baseball trade deadline that came down yesterday. And one team in particular, again, has made a big splash. But at what cost? Uh, but right now, let's find out uh, what's trending as David Gascon is back. Ah, I'm here. David Gascon. Uh, what if the Giants are going to fall off the map anytime soon? I wouldn't count on it. I think that they're in for the haul. Man. Uh, they're in the hall. Padres have got some problems right now with Fernando going down again with that that shoulder that keeps popping out every once in a while. Uh, that wasn't good. No. Very frustrating. That, that's another situation, Chris. Where, why did you take care of this surgery-wise? I mean, it's yeah, correctable, but, but... Yeah, but when could he have taken care of it? He got injured in spring training. Well, no, no, no. He had been... We found out in spring training was is that this had been a situation that he's had off and on previously yeah. to that. Right. It's just like, what happened there? And they're like, ah, it's happened before. And I'm like, well, why are you letting this happen? I mean, you've got all this money invested in this young guy. Take care of it. It's a fixable situation, but it could cost him big time this time. 
Yeah, yeah. Scott, I think they should cut him. Cut him. <laughs> yes, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> oh, my. Speaking of the uh, the Giants, they lead right now one nothing against the Astros and Zach Granke. Chris Bryant not playing today. He'll be available t- tomorrow, though, with the club. Blue Jays get a home run from George Springer. They lead 3-0 at home against Kansas City. Angels and A's right now on FS1. That contest is scoreless, so nothing doing just yet for the Shohei Otani freight train that is uh, this season for him. Later on today, you got the Yankees and the Marlins. Uh, all of that off the diamond. Tyler Glass now could be done for the season with the Tampa Bay Rays. Marlins first-round pick, Leo Watson. Agreed to terms with the organization. He's taking a physical today. NFL News linebacker Justin Houston is now a Baltimore Raven. TMZ Sports reporting today the NFL Alumni Association was paid three and a half million bucks by the CDC to, rep- uh, to promote the COVID 19 vaccine. Olympic news today Team USA beat up on the Czech Republic, 119 84, then the quarterfinals and top ranked. Tennis pro Novak Djokovic was bounced, did not earn a medal at the Olympics after he got beat by Spain's Pablo Carano Busta. He lost for the third time in two days, so a rough couple of 48 hours for him. So he is long gone. Guys, uh, back to you. All right, thank you very much. Now, Chris, uh, I split my time between San Diego and Los Angeles. I've been actually doing this for a long, long time, and they're two very different markets. Let's make it clear. <laughs> if you're not familiar with Southern California, people, hey, well, Southern California, no, there's Salt three, California. There's right. three distinct markets: there's San Diego, Orange County, and Los Angeles. All right, they're very distinct markets, and they have no connection to each other at all. So on Wednesday, the San Diego Padres were hosting the Oakland A's in a day game, and I went to the game. 35,000 on a day game. I'm thinking, does anyone have a job anymore? How how is there 35,000 people here in the middle of the day? No mask, none, zero. Just hanging out at the ballpark. Then I come up to LA over the weekend and put that mask on. What? What are you talking about? I was at uh, 35,000 people. There was no mask. Put that mask on. Ugh. It's like two different worlds. It's very, very frustrating. So that being said, there's been a lot of competition in California. These NL West teams, the Giants, the Dodgers, and the Padres, as they position themselves. Right now, if the season ended today, two of those teams face off in the wild card, and the other team's the number one seed waiting for the winner of that wild card in the division round. But the Dodgers did it again. They sort of flexed their muscles, as they so often do, With the Max Scherzer deal, they got not only Max Scherzer, they got Trey Turner out of the deal from the Washington Nationals. When you look at some of these teams like the Cubs and the Nationals just unloading players and doing the reset button, does that bother you at all? Is that a healthy situation for Major League Baseball where you basically have franchises just saying, ah, we're just going to get rid of everybody and we'll start all over again? Is that healthy for the league? Probably not, but it doesn't bother me as much as I as I expected it would with the Cubs. Like I, we've seen this happen before. The Marlins sure. have done it a couple of times, oh, so yeah. that's really going back. Everything that happened with the Marlins, I'm like, oh, that was a couple of years ago, and people are like, bro, that was like the late '90s, early 2000s. Everything is just a couple years ago in my book. <laughs> yes. But but in all seriousness, it truly was just a couple of years ago that the Cubs won the World Series. Yeah, and everyone thought with Schwarber and Hobby and you know, you, you, Chris Bryant and, and Jake Arrieta and this group of young players, I mean, I'm not a big believer in throwing the word dynasty around, but some people thought they were on the cusp of building something that would last. And somewhere along the way, they, they really bleeped it up because I don't know, 
I don't know if I've ever seen anything like that with one team. I, I, I don't. In fact, I know I haven't with just one team falling apart the way they did with the Cubs on trade deadline day. So, am I a fan of it? Not necessarily. Do I do I have a problem with it? I don't think so. You know, it's it, it's part of rebuilding a team. There's certain teams that are never going to be sellers like that. The Dodgers aren't. The Yankees aren't. The Mets most likely aren't. But in in the reality of it all, we'll see in the long term how it helps out the Cubs. I'm just. There's a part of me that's still kind of surprised, and I'm a non I do not I'm not a Cubs fan at all. But Steve, I'm really surprised by how quickly this just all fell apart. Because I thought their championship window was open even after they lost in five to the Dodgers in the twenty seventeen championship series. But they have been just an anchor ever since, and I can't figure it out why. And it doesn't matter right now. But you're right, the Dodgers hit a home run. I mean, well, holy the, smokes. Well, they hit a home run, but the Dodgers are in a precarious situation. By the way, the Dodgers celebrated their haul yesterday <laughs> by losing to the Diamondbacks. Uh, still three games back of the Giants, who, by the way, added Chris Bryant. That's going to be a nice bat to add to their lineup. But here are the Dodgers right now. And, you know, people are like, wow, I mean, look at all the talent that Trey Turner and Max Scherzer are added to. You mean like Cody Bellinger and his 160 batting average? You mean that talent? Or how about the underperforming Mookie Betts this year, who was hovering around 250 for most of the season? I mean, they've had so many underperforming players, and that is, I mean, scratching the surface with the Trevor Bauer debacle, um, who will never pitch another game for the Dodgers. I don't know what his future is, but it's not with the Dodgers. That I can guarantee you. And they're on the hook for $40 million this year and $45 million next year. So you bring in Scherzer, and if you look at Scherzer's numbers, that's a wash with Bauer. If you look where Bauer was when he went, you know, AWOL, and now where Scherzer is, that's the same. And, and Trey Turner, where exactly is he playing? Uh, he's a shortstop. Corey Seager is coming back from his injury. They're talking about Turner in the outfield. He hasn't played the outfield in five years. So it's one thing to collect all these names that people recognize. There's another thing to actually put the pieces together in a manner in which you actually win baseball games. Yes. So is Turner's future with the Dodgers, however short or long-term it is. And by like the way, he's said, on COVID right now because he tested yeah. positives. He's oh, not gosh. even available yet. So yeah, is, is he the second baseman because Lux can't stay healthy and you don't know what's going on with his hammy? Right. Like you mentioned, do, do you try him in the outfield? I think it's good to have a guy that can bring some punch like Trey Turner does, but where do you put him? Who sits? Yeah. Who sits for Trey Turner to play? I know. They've been talking about these platoons. Cody Bellinger. I mean, he has just completely fallen off the map. Now, there are people that have theories on why Bellinger, they say maybe he changed his uh, his brand of weed. I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> we have no proof of that, folks. By the way, it just sort nope, of no, is no look. Proof, just, it just we know the eyeball what? thing, you know, you know. Um, but no, it just I find it interesting that I mean the Dodgers keep throwing stuff out there, and the pressure is immense. But you talk about the Cubs just a couple of years removed from the World Series. Uh, the, the Nationals won two years ago, so I guess there's this sense of you know if you win the series, okay, you're good now. All right, we, we, we delivered what we promised. Cubs waited 108 years. The city of Washington hadn't had a World Series uh, champion since 1924. So we gave you one. There you go. There's your World Series. Get off our backs, and we're going we're gonna to turn the page. <laughs> hey, I congrats on your World Series. We're trading and getting rid of everyone that you but, love. But here's the thing, Chris. Dynasties are good for sports. Are they not? Sure. I mean, this idea of like, okay, we we'll just do an overhaul every couple of years. You mentioned the Marlins did it twice after winning the World Series. There's something to be said about 
organizations that can keep the course, stay intact, because what they ultimately become are polarizing teams. You're either all in, like the Patriots, or you're totally against them. And I've always been a big believer, dynasties work in sports, big time. So. Me too. Look at the TV ratings. They and, and I'm trying to be less of a guy that bases everything on TV ratings. But look, even – I don't know if you want to call the Warriors dynastic, but look how many people were tuned in to watch Golden State whenever they were battling with LeBron. Look at what it meant whenever you had teams like the Yankees making their run. I mean, it's just – I think it's good for sports. I know that the win. I think it's great for college football right now. Teams have to start stepping up here pretty soon. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm with you. I'm all. I'm all about dynasties. Give me more of great. Greatness matters. I, I watch sports because I like to watch greatness. And when you see greatness consistently, I can't get enough of it. All right, I'm going to go full circle to where we began, and that's back in your country there in Oklahoma. Sooner football, legendary Sooner football. 0-4 in playoff games. That's right. 0-4 in playoff games. Will that change if they move into the SEC? Or let's say when they move into the SEC. We'll break it down coming up next. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano. And we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Steve Harbin and Chris Plank want to thank the crew today. Iowa Sam. Who? Not happy about my Iowa State comments. 
I was a little, I got a little defensive there. But uh, no defense for Brandon Scherf. No, not really. All right, so that was sort of a uh, wash. Wash. Yes. Um, <laughs> David Gascon back. Great to hear David's voice here. Excited about, uh, I don't know, college football and the development uh, of all these conferences. Well, just yeah. how it's all going to play out, right? Yeah, but it also further proves that uh, that thought about ESPN being in bed with the SEC. Oh. I mean, it's been like that for a long period of time. Yes, they have. I mean, nobody pushed back. Well, they also really created Clemson. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, when they took over the ACC, Clemson was a very good program, but they went into the stratosphere. Well, not only that, I find it it hard to believe that nobody did anything as severe as USC did back in the day, and they got the death penalty. Right. But Alabama, Clemson, Mm -hmm. LSU. Yeah, Yeah, you know that. Uh, And, of course, Ryan doing a tremendous job as always. Ryan, how are you? How you go through these uh, couple hours here is just amazing to us. Really I, I appreciate that you acknowledge my hard work. Thank, Thank you, you very Steve. much. You're well appreciated. All right, Chris, uh, I want to share a quick story for you. So speaking of Oklahoma legends, Barry Switzer, you'll like this story. So when he was uh, in the early 90s, and I was doing my radio show in the early 90s, long, long ago, and uh, he was still out there. He was sort of in between his Oklahoma job and before he got the Cowboys job. He was still uh, making the rounds with his uh, book, uh, Bootlegger's Boy, right? Doing the rounds. And- That's right. So he was up in the L.A. area, and I was doing my radio show from a patio area in the Santa Monica Promenade, a beautiful location. And so Barry came by in person to sit down and do this interview. So we're about to get the interview started, and all of a sudden he gets up and he goes, I'll be right back. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, you know, because my partner's in San Diego. So I'm like, oh, the Barry, Barry, he just stepped away for a second. Oh, and I'm watching him, and I see him talking to this woman, very attractive woman, and they're having a little conversation. And then he comes back, and we're on the air. And I said, so uh, saw an old friend. He goes, i never seen her in my life, but did you see her? I had to say hello. <laughs> <laughs> I love Barry Switzer. Oh, my. I just absolutely loved everything about him. You know, whatever shenanigans he had in college. But uh, it brings back the very rich history of not only Oklahoma football, but Texas football. I mean, these are two of the absolute legendary football programs in the history of college football. And now they take their game to the SEC. Now, Oklahoma in their Big 12 run has obviously had a lot more success in recent years than Texas, still trying to get their way back from the uh, heyday of their Mac Brown years, back when they had the Vince Youngs and the, uh, Young and the Colt McCoy. But just getting back to Oklahoma, because you're all over the Sooner sports scene out there, Chris, how's this going to work? I mean, th- this team obviously has had a lot of success. They had multiple uh, Heisman winners. They almost had three in a row with three different transfer quarterbacks. Lincoln Riley, obviously, is one of the highly respected young coaches. But when you go from the Big 12, you know, racking up yards on Baylor and Texas Tech, as opposed to going into the SEC, is this going to be a huge adjustment for Oklahoma? Are they in for a rude awakening? Maybe, um, but they've had success against the SEC when they played them outside of playoff settings. I mean, it's easy to look back at the LSU game and say, oh, my gosh, they got smoked. Uh, they fell behind 28-0 to Alabama, lost that game, but should have, could have beat Georgia, right? So in those three matchups, you look back and they haven't played all that well, but every other time – or two of the three they haven't. Yeah. But every other time they've played the SEC, they played well against them. Yeah. And are they going to need to upgrade their recruiting defensively? You bet. Oklahoma has a, an NFL player at defensive tackle in Perry on Winfrey this year. 
they're going to need three Perrion Winfrey's, right, to to get into the grind of the SEC and playing, depending on what the schedule looks like. The Georgias, LSU's, Alabama's, Auburn's of the world week in and week out. Is it going to take some time? It's a great question. When are we getting there? <laughs> yeah. Because if we're getting there this year, I feel really good about it. But I don't know what the future looks like recruiting-wise. So now that you have the SEC to recruit to, if you're, you're both Oklahoma and Texas, I think there's a chance they're going to be able to continue to upgrade that defensive talent sooner rather than later, Steve. I can't sit here and I'm objectively tell you, yeah, it's no problem. They're going to be fine because, sure, it's going to be an adjustment. It's hard. You're stepping up in competition. But I think they'll be ready, and I think it'll surprise some people. I get the arrogance, and I get the dominance of the SEC, but Oklahoma's no pushover. Texas has a lot to do uh, as far as getting their football program where it needs to be, but as long as Lincoln Riley is there, I think they're going to be ready to roll whenever it comes time to play in the SEC, whenever that is. All right, so uh, as far as Lincoln Riley is concerned, how long is he going to stay at Oklahoma? I, the NFL, I guarantee, is already <laughs> knocking on his door. We know that's been happening. So far, he has stayed put. Is this just a matter of a money situation, or is he one of those coaches? Because I've always looked at it this way. If you've got, if you're like Nick Saban at Alabama or Dabo Sweeney at Clemson or Ryan Day at Ohio State or Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, you got a sweetheart deal, man. I mean, you're, you're, you're the king of the state, right? Why would I want to get away from that? Because the money can be comparable. Why would I want to go from that to rolling the dice in the NFL? Well, you don't have the control. Already Urban Meyer down in Jacksonville sure. is finding all of Like he said the other day, yeah, I want, I want to see only fans of the Jaguars here. And everyone's like laughing at him like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Even the owner doesn't care if the fans are Jaguar fans. He just wants the seats filled. Uh, but there's a whole different dynamic between the college game and the pro game. Where does Lincoln Riley stand on that? Yeah, it's uh, Barry Switzer. You brought him up earlier. I know yep. we're running out of time, but as he so eloquently put it, you leave this job, there'll be more people wanting the job you've left than the job you're taking. So uh, that's kind of how I've always <laughs> looked at it with Lincoln. I think he's going to be here for a while, and I'm excited about it. Harbin, it's been great to hang out with you today, man. An absolute blast. Chris, uh, as always, I appreciate your time. And when you see the stinking genius, uh, send my best, will you please? Oh, I will definitely do yeah, that. Yeah, tell him that. And uh, by the way, many times he will text me during the show. Uh, he decided not to listen to you today. For some reason, I'm not quite sure. Uh, hey, folks, don't go anywhere. Keep it right here on Fox Sports Radio. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.